Hello and welcome to Select March Type. My name is Simon Cowgill and I'm joined as always by Christopher Ellis. Hi Chris, how are you? I am not too bad, Sorry, si. How's yourself? Yeah, I'm very good, thank you. Um, so our episode this week, we mentioned it last time, we're going to the land of the extreme once again. One day, Chris, you're going to see a good ECW match, I promise. See, you, you, you say that. I, I was expecting, without giving the game way on how I scored this and what I thought of it overall, I was expecting far, far worse than what I was served up. Yeah. Um, so we, we're going to December to dismember ECW's 2007 pay-per-view. So basically, after the on the back of the success of One Night Stand 2005, WWE decided to create a third brand along with Raw and SmackDown, ECW. Um, as part of that, Paul Heyman became the general manager and put together um, the pay-per-view December to dismember, which is considered probably one of the worst WWE pay-per-views of all time. Up until the network came in, it had the lowest buy rate of any pay-per-view of all time, which is, I think that's a bit weird because... It's, it's got to be one of the shortest of all time. Surely it's like two hours and 14 minutes, something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's... <laughs> you can... Episodes of Raw and SmackDown are longer than <laughs> this pay-per-view at this time. Yeah, so, as I say, I didn't bother watching the rest of the pay-per-view because... As you say, the whole I, know, I knew the whole pay per view was had a reputation for being absolute garbage. Yeah, so well, I just <laughs> I just did the elimination chamber. The 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 other longest match was seven minutes forty three minutes. Ariel and Kevin Thorne versus Kelly Kelly and Mike Knox. Um, have you heard of any of those people that aren't Kelly Kelly, Chris? <laughs> I know Mike Knox. Yeah. Did you say it was Evan Bourne? No, Kevin Thorne. Kevin Kevin Thorne. Oh, Kevin, Kevin Fawn is in the old WCW cult. Kevin Fawn. Is that the right one? Kevin Fawn. That rings. That name completely rings a bell. No, but, he was like a vampire character, but he wasn't in yeah, WCW. It rings, it rings a weird, it rings kind of a bell. It definitely rings a bell. But um, no, what about all, 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 apart from Kelly, apart from Kelly Kelly, no. Man. Um, so, but no, I say, my Knox also rings a bell. There was Davari versus Tommy Dreamer. That's a burial for Tommy Dreamer, right? Yeah, that's uh Jesus. <laughs> Who had any interest in watching that whatsoever? I know. Um Elijah Burke and Sylvester Turkey versus the Full Blooded Italians. I I look back fondly on the Full Blooded uh, Full Blooded Full Blood can barely say it, but I do look back look, look yeah. Look back fondly on Little Guido and and the gang, even though yeah, it's no. an incredibly racist stereotype. I must say, if we're if what you're looking for is incredible, I just say xenophobic xenophobic <laughs> virgins of Italian Americans, then yeah, that's that builds here. Builds criteria. The other two matches: Balls Mahoney versus Matt Striker. Um, in a striker's rules match, which doesn't even have its own entry on Wikipedia, which um, is never a good sign. Don't think we'll be covering striker's rules in a future series, is what that means. Um, and then the other, like the other sort of big match, I suppose, the, the Hardys versus Joey Mercury and Johnny Nitro. See, that, that's a reasonable match in a, in a card where most of the matches I've got no interest in watching. Yeah, but it's, the problem is it's also a, also a match you can watch on Raw or SmackDown countless yeah. times around the uh, the same period. 
Yeah, this is it really didn't, didn't shout it stream, does it? No, it does not. Um, so obviously this being our Elimination Chamber series, we're covering the main event from this event. So it was for the ECW World Championship and it was Big Show going in as the champion, defending against Bobby Lashley, Rob Van Dam, CM Punk, Test. And before the show, it was advertised as Sabu, but he gets taken out before the match. So Hardcore Holly is brought in just to add a bit of charisma to proceedings, I think. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah, it's... You know what? <laughs> I like, I I like Parker Holly. I think he's a very solid hand, but the reaction that he gets from this basically summarises um, <laughs> large parts of his career, I think. What, what actually happened with Sabu? Was it a legit injury or was it just No, he gets taken out backstage. It's basically... The, the angle is that Heyman... Um, is wanting to move away from the the old style ECW, so he's that's why he's um, sort of in the corner of the big show and Test and Hardcore Holly. So he wants to make it more um, more WWE like. Um, weirdly, that's exactly what um, Heyman didn't want um, backstage, but what Vince was pushing for. So, so there's something about seeing ECW in a um, in an arena that's basically a scaled down WWE. It, it was never going to work as um, WWE like. What they needed to do was actually stick to having it in venues like um, the Hammerstein Ballroom and, and places that ECW was actually um, really popular with back in the day, I think. Yeah, but that would mean that Vince would have to admit that something he hadn't created was popular and worked. <laughs> well, there is that. I mean, surely him bringing this back is almost a, um, an admission of that anyway. Yeah, but it's a weird one. It's, I think it's more of an ego trip as a show, as I say, hey, Heyman, you're employed by us now. You ran ECW into the ground. Now look what happens when a proper company has it. Yeah. I think it's more we'll, that we'll than anything else. More into the ground. <laughs> yeah. We will make sure no one has anything fun to say about it. We will burn the ashes of this to the ground. Um, nice touch though. Joey Styles and Taz on commentary. Um, I'm sure we've discussed this before, but a big fan of Joey Styles. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Of, I'm a big fan of Jerry Styles as well. The especially the angle when he left Raw as well, yeah. when King King and Lawler came back, and it's uh, or Lawler came. Sorry, King King and Lawler. Right, As as much as he may have in some states have claimed they're two separate people, but no, <laughs> it's just. No, it's just a character I was portraying. <laughs> the Lorraine Kelly defense, as it's known. I am separate, separate for legal reasons. <laughs> yeah. right? No, when JR, JR comes back and we have Joey Styles' big farewell rant. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I feel bad for Joey Styles. I'll be fuming if, if he car- when he carried Raw for a year or whatever, then JR just gets to come back. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the in- intro package for uh, the pay-per-view focuses very much on the danger of the Elimination Chamber. And with an added bonus for this Elimination Chamber, it's an extreme Elimination Chamber. So each pod has a weapon inside. Um, do you think that added to the um, intrigue or uh, it was a bit too much? No, I, I, quite, I quite like the weapons idea just because you have to do something to differentiate it from... The normal WWE Elimination Chamber. Yeah, I thought the the, the weapons were quite cool. Like chair, baseball bat, yeah, crowbar. The table was the worst one. Worst yeah. one. They don't. They don't. 
we'll, we'll go we'll go in we'll go we'll into, go it, into it. But it's like you can hit you can hit someone with all three all three out of the four of them, and one of them is just oh we use tables a lot. <laughs> yeah, but if you don't exactly. if you don't put someone in there who knows how to use it, then you're going to be struggling. Yeah, hundred um, percent. So just before the match, Heyman comes out to um, very limited reaction, which I've written in my notes. You can tell it's not a proper ECW arena like uh, one night stands um, in in the past. Um, he is also playing an absolute shitbag heel that has cost Rob Van Dam the title and and almost given it to the big show. Um, he comes in and basically introduces the the chamber match. He says. Um, and I found this quite funny that he, he talks about when Hulk Hogan dies, Hulkamania will be forgotten. When Ric Flair dies, the woos will go. But um, when, when he dies, ECW will lo- live on forever. Wow. How, how wrong has someone ever been? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, I mean, yes, he is, comp- he is completely, completely wrong with that. <laughs> the thing that made me laugh more than that is obviously he comes out as a heel and both Styles and Taz are both anti Heyman yeah. when he comes out. They're both they're both giving him both barrels. And but the other bit where Heyman says could obviously ECW ECW outlive me and Taz says, Oh, essentially I'd like to see that put to the test. And you go, Murdered. right, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but see we have that. He goes I'll let you put the test. And then the next thing Paul Heyman says is, I am going to top myself. I go, oh, yeah. hang on. <laughs> this has got a bit fucking dark. It went very dark very quickly. Oh, I'm like, what? Because Jay Rizzo said you're going to fucking battle with the corpse of Paul Heyman hanging from the top of the elimination chamber. It would, um, it would be similar to the boss man at the end of the Hell in a Soul that we covered. Yeah, so that, that tickled me immediately. <laughs> I was immediately off to the races. <laughs> yeah, it got your attention. That's that's the way to go. Um, so the big show comes out first. He's the champion. He is not in good shape here. No, I, I put chunky. <laughs> chunky big show. So the big show's weight did fluctuate a lot through his career. Some At some points, he managed to get himself in in good nick but at this point he is not in good shape uh, just after the pay-per-view so um a bit of sort of um backstage talk so they offered him um a contract extension and he basically turned it down because he was in no physical condition to carry on after um after the uh, rigors of being ecw champion so yeah you can pretty much tell that he's not in uh, taking good care of himself at this point. Um, he is first out. He goes into a chamber. I They don't actually clarify this, but I assume that whoever comes out first gets the first choice of the weapon because he goes into the pod with the uh, baseball bat rocks in barbed wire. Yeah, because it didn't seem like they were picking. They just seemed to be ushered towards one of the chambers. Yeah, so I think it would have looked better if the, the big show would have like gone to a couple of chambers, like looked at or grabbed the crowbar, put it back, and then uh, so almost play up the um, how dangerous the baseball bat was. Yeah, I, I think you're quite right. As you say, they they needed probably make it clear one way or the other how it was going, whether it be they were going to be randomly allocated a chamber with that particular weapon. Or if it was a look at a draw, they came out and they got the pick. Yeah. But I don't think it takes away massively from it. But 
it could have it would have been a nice touch to actually add in yeah definitely uh, CM Punk comes out next. He is someone um, for for all the WWE ECW um, phase detractors. CM Punk is someone that managed to get himself over with the crowd. Um, largely, the ECW fans were would mainly cheer the ECW originals like Sabu, uh, Rob Van Dam, Tommy Dreamer, but Punk was so over here, and he was basically the one that the crowd wanted to win at this point. I think. Yeah, he's. Old school CM Punk, kill switch engage era yeah. CM Punk. Or not obviously even got not to the straight edge society at this point. No, very, very wet looking CM yeah. Punk. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that. Just how much like wet look gel is it possible to put? <laughs> yeah. Look, he didn't just squirt. Look, he didn't have Lashley or Big Show grab me, just squirted straight through the bars. <laughs> yeah, just slide through the hands like a bar of soap. <laughs> Um, so Punk comes out, he gets in the chamber with the steel chair. That is, um, if I had the choice of the, the crowbar or the chair, I would definitely go crowbar. Yeah, I'd, 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 be, a, I'd be working on getting out of that cage. I'd be like, right, crowbar. <laughs> you managed to escape your way out, yeah. Yeah, undefeated in the Liberation Chamber matches. Yeah. Um, Test is out next. He is massive at this point. He is, yeah. He's absolutely who, who could have possibly foreseen foreseen what was going to happen? Yeah, so he's this is um December 2007. He would pass away in 2009, um, as a result of well, it, it's the, the examinations of his body afterwards basically discovered the amount of concussions that he had strongly con- contributed to um to his death. So, a nice light way to uh to start this match off. <laughs> Is as you say, he is looking massive. It's a shame for Test because he was good in the ring. He just it's like it's like we we've said time and time and time and time again, and everyone knows who rest. If you if you're not good on the mic, and they don't give you someone to work with, then you just get buried. It doesn't matter how how good you are. Yeah, at least absolutely. every the greatest technical wrestlers, at least have some charisma on the mic they might not be amazing i mean even backland when he went to his absolutely nuts schizoid mr backland character yeah very technically at least he knew and the wwe knew that they couldn't just have him as his normal dual self and he was good enough on the mic to actually make it work yeah i think test very much peaked as part of uh tna with with trish as the sort of mouthpiece for the tag team i thought that was uh tests at his peak i would say which is yeah. a shame because that's right at the start of his WWE career, but it'll never get better than this. <laughs> no, yes, I say you do feel sorry, and but I say as well with the amount of headshots in this match and the yeah. damage people take, it's not a surprise when you when these autopsies show the no. sheer amount of damage with the uh, with the headshots. Definitely not. Uh, so Test goes into the cell uh, the chamber, sorry, with the crowbar, and Taz says that he's seen. Crowbars do things to people, <laughs> not things. <laughs> Having flashbacks. Yeah. I've seen are. things. <laughs> you went there, man. You don't know. Um, Bobby Lashley out next. He's probably the the other guy that had a bit of success off the back of ECW. I know he did move away from WWE um, fairly quickly into his, his first run, but um, he was someone that did manage to get himself over. He goes into the um, the pod with the table. Um, 
like yeah, Lashley looks exactly the same in 2007 as he did in, as he does day to day in 2021. Yeah, I, I think he, I, I think he sort of looks better, better now. Actually, I think now he's think? he's okay. older and he's a bit more he's a bit more grizz he's a bit more grizzled and yeah. a bit more more confident in what. Especially with the especially with the stuff he's doing now in WWE, yeah. But the whole now he's a lot more confident with what he's doing and who he is. I think he looks much better and more confident now than this era. But I think um, it definitely helps, as you you touched on. You need um, to align someone if they're not the greatest on the mic or whatever. Putting them with someone that is very charismatic is a is a great thing to do. So him pairing with the MVP in the modern days. Um, is a really good idea, I think, because MVP's got so much to offer in that in that sense. But let's not talk about 2021. We're in 2007, Chris. Jumping all over the timeline. It's not like us. <laughs> oh, no. We haven't, we haven't done Survivor Series 2001. <laughs> no, exactly. Um, Hardcore Holly comes out next, and he has absolutely no reaction. So the, the whole thing is that he's supposed to have been the one to... Uh, put Sabu out of the match, but the crowd seem not to care in the slightest. I thought you said when he has no reaction. I thought you just meant just hardcore Holly in general. He's just <laughs> like, he has no idea where he is. He just he looks like he could be just doing his shopping in Tesco's for all the uh, all the atmosphere and the I, sheer charisma like, he puts in. I quite like hardcore Holly as like a very solid hand in the ring, but where. There was only ever so far he was going to go. So this is what a couple of years after he came back after um, after Lesnar broke his his neck um, and he got sort of pushed into the title picture. Um, that is way above his station, I would say. To be fair, be fair to what you say. The solid hand. I mean, what? I mean, he came in, say. 90, 97, 96? I would say even earlier than that. So even earlier than that. So probably, so say, okay. yeah, probably around about 94, weren't he, I guess. So... He was in WWF in 91, then went across to Smoky Mountain and then back um, to the WWF in 94. Okay, so I think 94 was really the main, the start. Yeah, point. so when he, and then he became the spark plug. <laughs> yeah. Then New Midnight Express and then the Job Squad. So, I mean, a, my, my favorite 20... gimmick, him, him and Crash Holly as the Holly Cousins, is, is definitely yeah. best. So, I mean, a 23 year career at this point. Yeah. <laughs> and so... I, he's still, well, he's the sort of guy that could definitely do um, office things in terms of training, I would say. Because, as I say, he's an incredibly solid hand, but famously a bit of a bully backstage. Yeah, we don't need, don't need that. That's the last thing WWE needs to be hiring. Yeah, very true. Um, and then the final competitor here, so Rob Van Dam comes out. Um, so Van Dam had been the champion when he beat Cena at one night stand, but then Heyman screwed him over to um, to get the big show to win the title, um, which is essentially the uh, where Heyman turned heel and decided to, to focus on making ECW, WWE light. Again, the exact opposite of um, what he actually wanted to do with the brand. There you go. He crossed the boss. You end up paying. Yeah, 100%. So it's quite a physical start from Hulk Holly. It's um, quite, it's definitely not the quick start to the match that we had in the previous episode with the um, 
with Rob Van Dam and Triple H starting things off. Um, something I found a bit sort of, oh, I don't know if it was off-putting, but the fact the timer kept appearing every 30 seconds was like, don't worry, it'll get good in a minute. Yeah, see, I, I like the timer. I wish they'd have kept it on screen a smaller version the whole time. Yeah. I, would have, I wouldn't have had it keep, because it, it stays on for like the first minute, and I was like, oh, this is great. This is, they're going to do exactly the same, exactly the thing that I always wish they do. So that you so that you don't end up with a five minute section suddenly becoming fifteen minutes because they go, yeah, yeah. oh no, we'll just drag this out. Like they do like, with the right, Royal Rumble, gonna... where some yeah. entrances are ten seconds apart and others are twenty minutes. Exactly. I was like, right, they're going to keep the time here, so you can have that that clear five minutes before matches. This is going to be. I'm really on board with that. But then they kept. So either don't have it or leave it on there. The only thing I was glad with was obviously with the as they pan across the camera. They keep it on the big screen, which yeah, again, they do keep it. On like, one yes, of the keep it there. Yeah. Great, I'm I'm completely on board with that choice in the arena. So I'd like to first have had it on the the stream as well and just keep it there. Well, that's the thing because it kept appearing. I thought it was quite di- so. As you say, the time the match starts, the time is there. It was massive on the screen though as well. But because it kept appearing every thirty seconds, it was quite distracting. So it just draws your eye to it every time. So I think either have it on the screen all the time, or make it so it's only there or less um, less periodically there, so it's less of a distraction. But yeah, to have it just appear every thirty seconds and be massive on the screen, I thought was a little distracting. Um, Van Dam goes for almost exactly the same spot to start things off as we saw in the first match so goes for the splash to the outside manages to grab the the chains like uh, as they describe him spider-man uh, but then when he goes for the the splash backwards holly moves so he uh hangs himself up on the ropes the crowd seem very flat to start and i wonder if that's partly because of the fact there was no weapons involved um until someone comes out of the their pods yeah why not why not just have one weapon in the middle of the ring have the referee separate them and just ring the bell and have it as a scramble for a yeah. weapon to start with. And then when the pods are open, then introduce more as, as, as you go. Yeah. So you don't have, so you don't have two people starting weapons right at the start, but you have that bit of excitement at the start when yeah. they're both scrambling through it. Definitely. Uh, Van Damme then hits rolling thunder um, from inside the ring over the top rope onto the steel. It is almost the best hits of the previous match that we covered at this point with Van Damme starting things off. Yeah, he's, he looks great again. Rolling, yeah. rolling thunder under the cage floor always looks amazing. Always, just, I'm not sure how much impact it has when he lands on Hardcore Holly, but it just looks great. Yeah. The one thing <laughs> talk about because the commentary team most most of it were they're perfectly fine. They weren't they weren't irritating. They weren't anywhere where you go you get to the end of it go there. They were genuinely annoying, but they have, they do have that one moment where they go talking about the big show and defenders the champion and it's a case of can you remember anyone else being a part of something like this it's like yeah <laughs> yeah WWE had it last year yeah this is like the third or fourth one so <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah they do it yeah do you, do you remember that first one Shawn Michaels won it yeah it was very odd um especially because one of the guys in the match was <laughs> was in there as well yeah it was a bit of an odd decision that'd um, have been, yeah that would have been much better if Taz had just gone <laughs> But yeah, RVD was in it. I'm sure he knows. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Definitely. Uh, Taz does point out, so the biggest weapon in there is the chamber. It's two miles of chain and all that stuff. That sounds like I'm the one saying and all that stuff, but no, it's Taz who's just refusing to toe the line and uh, describe the, the, all the dimensions of the chamber and just abbreviates it to all that stuff, which I, I quite liked. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if we just didn't know you down during the pre-production. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're like, Taz, are you writing this down? Oh, I've, got, I've got it, I've got it, I've got it, I've got it. It just writes two miles and like, yeah, I'll remember the rest. What, yeah. what could go wrong? 20, 24 inches of chain. Hang on, <laughs> yeah. that can't be right. <laughs> 264 miles of chain. Wait, some, somewhere in the middle of those two. The other brilliant thing is the fact they keep calling them extremists. Yeah, they do call them extremists. <laughs> I don't know if that was the replacement for superstars at this point. Um, the WWE, WWE extremists, the new terrorist cell. It does sound horrendous. <laughs> why has that not gone through? Um, why has no one pointed out that that might be problematic? <laughs> if they just use it over and over and over and over again as I well. Genuinely, crack, genuinely cracks me up every time I hear it. It's hilarious. Um, Hardcore Holly hits his drop kick. I, for all um, all we can say about Hardcore Holly, his drop kick is, I would say, the best in wrestling. It's he, the height he gets on it is amazing. Yeah, I, it is technically absolutely superb. And yeah. it, I don't care who, I don't care what wrestling you're watching, but you see someone just do it <laughs> a standing start, do that kind of leap. That's impressive, no matter what. Yeah, 100%. Um, the crowds get quite into the, the 10 count, more so than probably any of the rest of the match. Uh, and CM Punk, CM Punk comes out next. He has a quite a big pop as he throws the chair at Hardcore Holly, Holly's head. Uh, he then hits the springboard clothesline from outside the ring off the top rope to Rob Van Dam. Um, Rob Van Dam then rolls to the outside and throws the chair at Punk's head. Um, the crowds are... Have a bit of a dueling chant between um, between Punk and, and Van Dam at this point. They're clearly the, the guys that they want to win, um, and they're not shy about uh, putting that fact across. No, and fair fair play. You want at least at least the crowd got going. <laughs> yeah, at this point. So yeah, um, it's a shame that. Neither of them were probably even were going to win. I guess no, I, I don't know, look like I don't ever look like they were go, they were going to. But it's. A, I mean, it's, it's easy to say fourteen years after the fact, Chris. But yeah, I'm sure. it's, one those, it's one of those things as well, though. When they get where the crowd are there, and they get and they're chanting for CM Punk. It's like, oh, the crowd want Punk to win this match, and they want him out next. Surely you want him, want him to win the match. You want him out <laughs> yeah. last. Yeah. If you're supporting someone in the Royal Rumble, you don't want us to come out first or second. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. Um, Rob Van Dam goes for the monkey flip from the corner. Um, that he's uh, Punk is supposed to land on the chair, but only just brushes it. The crowd chant "You fucked up," which I quite enjoyed. Um, they then have a bit of a kicking fest, and Van Dam goes for a leg sweep, but CM Punk manages to reverse into. What they describe as a leg drop, but it's definitely a fame asset onto the chair. Yeah, I can, I can. It's hard because obviously you can understand it is essentially is a leg drop, but and they don't want to start going, hey, there's punk using Billy, yeah, Billy Asses. Yeah, so yeah. 
<laughs> really good, famous there. But, yeah, true. yeah it, looks, it, it looks good. It does look as good as, good as Punk smashing RVD's head through the chair up next. No, exactly. So, yeah, Van Damme throws... Um, sorry, Van Damme gets thrown by Punk into the chair that's sat between the top and middle turnbuckle. His head is then through the, the sort of seat bit. And the most brutal bit is where Punk kicks the chair while his head's inside it, sort of trapping his face. I right, That was pretty brutal. These two could have had some really good matches, but I don't think they ever um, really had much of a feud. I guess that timing-wise, um, Van Damme was coming towards the end or moving towards more of a part-time schedule with um, WWE and, and Punk wasn't quite ready to be pushed to the, to the sky at this point. Yeah, it is a shame. It's one of them. It's one of them dream matches you can look back on and go, "Yeah, you know, I'd I'd love to have seen him have twenty minutes at WrestleMania and uh, really go all out." Yeah, never know. We could, all we need is AEW to, to sign up. <laughs> yeah. AEW to sign RVD. We could. Uh, well, I'm CM Punk, but sure. Well, that's that's happening. That's the big rumor. Yeah. Um, so Punk then goes for a Huracan off the top rope to Hardcore Holly. Um, Hulk Holly manages to catch him and lowers his head down and swings it into the chamber. I thought that was a nice spot. Yeah, looks really, really brutal. Just smashing his head into the, the fence there. I, I nearly said I'd rather have been against one of the pods. Not because I don't like to see him, but because I want to see his head dick off one of the pods. It's just uh, in, in some of the other Elimination Chamber matches we watch when we've seen someone's head bounce off one of them. If you do it right, it, it looks absolutely, or it looks just so, so brutal. And it's the only time I've ever had this. Seeing that is the only time I've ever had to stop a pay per view and get a non wrestling fan and rewind and go, look, look at this, look what I've done. Yeah, it, it makes it suddenly seem way more real when things like that happen, doesn't it? As you say, um, Hardcore Holly starts to dominate. The crowd are just not into him at all. Um, he hits a he puts um, CM Punk on the top rope to go for a superplex. Taz, I, this annoyed me a little bit. Taz was like, "Oh my god, you've got to be kidding me!" Because he's going to hit a superplex off the top rope. There's literally a crowbar to come and a barbed wire uh, baseball bat. That is not the most brutal thing that could ever happen. Nah, I suppose Taz is just he's trying to sell it. Bless him. <laughs> I'm not. Gonna, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna shit too much on that because Fair enough. I, I, I like. I like Taz for the most part. I like his energy. So, yeah, okay. it's as you say. It's not the most. It's not the most overly. It's not the biggest most extreme we're gonna see. But no. yeah, yeah. Why not? Well, let him, let him cheerlead. It's fine. Why not? Uh, CM Punk hits his running knee into the corner on Hogger Holly. Goes for the bulldog, but. Van Damme manages to cut him off with what was sort of a mix between a big boot and a super kick, but it was a hell of a contact that he got. Yeah, he nearly took his head. And I will never get tired of seeing Punk's running knee into the corner. It's so good. Awesome. Um, Test comes up next. He has the crowbar. He slams it into CM Punk's gut, then grabs Rob Van Damme and starts, um, well, I, I would describe it as carving into his head, except that the camera doesn't quite get the angle <laughs> so you can see it actually make contact, but it, it's a nice uh, bit of camera work to, to give the illusion of the fact that he's really digging it into his face. Yeah. It's, you look, there's, it's one of those things where it always looks nasty when someone's grinding 
any kind of object into a wound, even though they're normally nowhere near. And <laughs> occasionally, occasionally we quickly see that, but it still it still looks great. It's still you can still imagine how much that hurt. So yeah, yeah, I can I can I'm I'm on board with I'm on board with, at this point. RVD's pissed in blood as well. Yeah, so he's drenched in blood, as you say. So I'm already on. I'm completely on board because we got people in each in each other with chairs and off chambers, and someone's bleeding heavily. So I'm, I'm exactly that's what it. I'm got, yeah, I've ticked my I've ticked half my boxes. Yeah, um, Van Dam comes back with a chair, hits headshots to Hocker uh, Holly and Test. CM Punk's down in the corner, so he hits the running drop kick as he's uh, as he's sat down in the corner, which was a, a nice spot. Um, Punk somehow from that ends up in the middle of the ring, which is handy for Van Damme because he hits the frog, uh, frog splash off the top for uh, the three count on Punk's gone. Um, Test then lines up the big boot to Rob Van Damme, um, but just as it looks like he's about to hit him with it, turns on Hotcore Holly and gets the three. Something that annoyed me about that is Van Damme it doesn't have his back to Test at any point during this. He's just looking at him. So Test um, sort of playing up that he's waiting for him to turn around doesn't work because Van Damme can just see him the whole time. Yeah, it's just, you know what, God, just got the angles wrong, clearly. Yeah, and I, I think maybe, so. Maybe with maybe someone more more better in the ring than Tess, they'd been able to do something with it or maybe work out something, some way to make that look better. It's fine, as I say, there's... There's a lot going on at this point, so I'm really I'm not sure how many people actually would have noticed because yeah. I'd 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 literally I just noticed that obviously we'd had punk limit. I was like, okay, just as I was making my notes, and then suddenly it's like, oh shit, right, okay, right. So, so Holly's gone. I think there's a bit of a botch with hardcore Holly as well because the ref seems to count to two, and then just says, "No, you're out." <laughs> like I'm sure it, it wasn't yeah, very cl- it wasn't very clear that Holly had been eliminated here. I- I think I think something gets in the way of his art. I think he catches. I think he goes to slam down. I'm when he's looking where he's there. I've got a feeling he maybe catches up on Holly as he's counting. Right, so you okay. don't get that. You don't get that free as, as yeah. it slams him out. So because yeah. so, no one here hears it and no one's seen his arm actually his hand cleanly hit the mat for the free. Everyone's like, well, hang on, what's happened here? Whereas the ref clearly knows that Holly's supposed to be. Yeah. Out of this, at this point, unless unless test kicking, unless he weren't supposed to be, test kicking him has knocked him absolutely silly. Yeah, possibly. Um, and the referee's just referee's just realised he's uh, he's completely out and just count as he's counted and just counted to three. Yeah, it was it was an odd moment um, because, as you say, there was it was a confu- it was like a confused reaction from everyone. Um, Van Dam used that opportunity to jump off the, the top rope for a, for a kick. Um, he then goes to the top turnbuckle and climbs up onto the pod. Uh, he climbs above the one that the big show is inside. It made absolutely no sense why he would do that when he could have gone for the, uh, there was two that no one was inside and then the big show couldn't have grabbed his foot, which is exactly what happened. But, that also happened in the previous match. <laughs> so Van Damme just isn't learning from this at all. No, he's, he's clearly... Well, to be fair, when you're Van Damme, his, concentr- <laughs> his, his, his concentration levels are probably not, not like most... Uh, his, re- his powers of recollection are probably not like most people's. 
It's a good point. So it's a good point. I'm, I'm not sure he even realizes he's in the first first match, to be honest. <laughs> Maybe that's why Joey Styles doesn't realize because he wasn't around and Van Damme can't relay the information to him. <laughs> Um, so yeah, Big Show grabs uh, Van Damme's foot, which allows Tess to climb up onto the uh, top rope and hit him with the chair. He then throws him off the top of the um, top of the chamber. Um, Tess puts the chair across Van Damme's face, climbs up above the Big Show, who lets him get on with it, and then hits an elbow drop from the top of the cell, uh, from from the top of the pod, sorry, across his face. Now. In the first Elimination Chamber, we complained that there wasn't enough of a space, so no one could actually jump. Test gets a ridiculous amount of height with this elbow. Yeah, he, he really does. <laughs> and this is one of those rare moments in, in wrestling, obviously, with, with the amount that we've watched over the years. With a rare moment, sort of watching, seeing that and going, Holy shit, absolutely <laughs> me. RVD's brains had were actually gonna explode across the mat. Yeah, so he hits the elbow drop onto the chair. Rob Van Dam's gone, there's bullshit chance, and Taz um says the line, it's a miracle that Rob Van Dam's brains aren't splattered across the ring. And Styles you know says, Maybe they are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's uh, yeah, slightly odd meth metaphysical kind of uh kind of metaphor there, Joey Styles. But I agree, I agree with Taz. I also generally shot that they were picking up RVD's brains. It was in slow motion as well, because they do a quite a job of the replay. He it's not like previously where his legs land first and then he hits his the timing of it is, is great and it, it looks brutal. Um the crowd disagree they shan't get a refund. But um, can't please everyone I suppose. No, I suppose they have seen RVD and CM Punk eliminated. Within about two so. minutes of each other, <laughs> yeah. Which I thought was a bit of an odd booking decision, but we'll get on to that when we um, discuss our thoughts on the match. Um, so Bobby Lashley um, is next, but just as he's about to get out of the uh, out of the pod, Heyman's goons, as they're called, it's basically guys in um, Shield-style outfits with bicycle uh, motorbike helmets uh, decide to beat the ref up and stop him from being able to unlock the pod. Um, this was a moment that I could have done without, I think. So Bobby Lashley obviously has the pod with the table, as we mentioned earlier, and he manages to lift the table into the top of the pod, snap some steel chains, and then climb out of the top. Some questions <laughs> around this moment. Right. It's yeah. The, the, to be fair, the, the the positive first. I can I can see what they were trying to go for, and the fact they were going to have it, so they kept him, they kept him in there, so that the big show could be released from his pod with Tess in there. So it'd be a two on one. That That's absolutely that's absolutely fine. No, that works. That works completely fine. That's clearly how they're saying it because they clip, they say during it, oh, okay, they keep it in Big Show, pod will count down, and it'll be Big Show and Test and against Lashley, and you go right. So absolutely no problem with that as a concept. Yeah, no problem with whatsoever. that. Whatsoever worked 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 perfectly fine. <laughs> yeah, out of all the out of all the things that you would use normally to cut or damage chain. A table that normally explodes upon impact 
is not the thing I would expect to be able to smash through reinforced chain. No. When I think of being able to destroy metal, my immediate reaction is an, an MDF table. <laughs> it's not, not the first thing that springs to mind. No, you go... Uh, that's, that's, he could have done without crowbar, really. <laughs> well, that's it. Like, so Test could have... Uh, I know I'm sort of fantasy booking it, but Tess could have been sort of teasing the, the crowbar and Lashley ends up with it um, by sort of grabbing it in some way. But And th- that would make sense of a way of getting out of it. Or if he'd managed to smash the um, the unbreakable glass, that would have made for a much, um, much more interesting, much better spot, I think. But to do it as a table that he l- manages to lift once or twice just disintegrate some metal chains makes no sense to me. No, the problem with trying to smash out of it was with the fact you got Lashley as a big guy, but then they've gone, right, these pods are small. What do we want in there with the biggest one? Or the second biggest guy? Table. Clearly. Give him absolutely give him absolutely no room to work. So yeah. <laughs> If, we, if they'd have got rid of if they just had him in there and he'd been wider like Goldberg when he you could go right okay I can see Lashley smashing through that as well completely completely fine originally if I'd have had I'd have got, I also could have had it work with Tess torn him and him just managing to grab the crowbar the thing I would the thing talk about fantasy booking the only thing I'd also like to do and it doesn't work because it was the heel doing the taunting when they do it at the start, and the big show's got his hand, his arm sticking out of the cage when he's taunting him at the top, I would like someone to grab the big show's arm and just wrench it and be like, "Right, okay, now you now you're one arm short at the start of this." Yeah. Now that uh, would have been yeah, nice touch as you say, but yeah, you can't really have um, the the monster heel as a um, a sympathetic no. character, can you? Yeah, you can't. You can't <laughs> Have a heel turn in the first 30 seconds of Lashley <laughs> just rips his arm off. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so Lashley escapes, as we say, um, dominates. So hits a clothesline off the top, um, whips uh, test into different pods, which they say break. It's basically like some plastic gets popped out of a, out of the, the place where it's been uh, where it's been put. It's it's not a case of the the glass smashing as they would like to make out here. No, I, I still think it, make, it still makes an impressive food. Yeah, the, the sound it makes is great. It, yeah, yeah. Um, he hits an overhead belly to belly, which I Lashley is such an impressive um, guy that the the strength of him is is ridiculous. He uh, hits a crowbar to the the midriff and then a spear and test is gone. So he just got the big show left to come, but there's a minute before he's gonna um, enter the enter the ring. Um, Lastly, then, as the um, as Taz points out, snaps. He throws the uh, the table at the uh, the pod with the big show still inside. Then throws the chair at the pod. There's no reaction from the crowd for it whatsoever. No, because <laughs> probably because it looks ridiculous. Because it's just bouncing, bouncing off this plastic covering. Yeah. At no point, do you, no point does he throw something. You go, oh, that's going to go through that. It's like. He's oh, he's throwing an MDF table at it. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was, well, that MDF I can't table is like steel chains, Chris, so it's a pretty he, strong... <laughs> yeah, that is that is very true. But yeah, so... 
and then just throwing a crowbar at it. He oh, looks, looks more like he's having a strop. Yeah, actually, 100%. He's gone full Christian. You never yeah. go full Christian. <laughs> never go full Christian. Um, so the, the countdown uh, ends and Big Show comes out. He grabs the barbed wire baseball bat. The commentary team play it up like it's such a surprise. Oh, I forgot about that. No, it's quite a big deal that you made about it as he was coming in. So you can't have it both ways in that, in that sense. And then they essentially go... Right, we've got this massive weapon. Probably, probably just, just ignore that. <laughs> Don't want to risk anyone getting in with it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so Big Joe comes in. He has the, um, the the bat and Lashley has the chair. It's a bit like the Big Show is swinging a sword and the chair is a shield. Um, so Lashley is, is beaten down to the mat. He m- manages to roll out of the ring. Big Show follows him, goes for a big swing. Lashley moves out of the way, so the um, the baseball bat gets stuck in the chamber, and that's the end of that, I guess. So all <laughs> yeah. that, all of that build up for the baseball bat with barbed wire, and we don't see any contact with it really. No, yeah, that's the last we see of that one. I, I think, I think we're lucky they they left it there because I after the first bit when they do the the baseball bat onto the chair, when when Lashley falls the first time. That's fine. When he falls the second time, I think Big Show nearly catches him full on with it. I think yeah. he nearly he nearly just slashes him open. So, I don't think Lashley looks genuinely scrambling to get out of the way. Yeah, and maybe it is that it's an so it's barbed wire um instead of like a gimmick thing because they had no plans to actually um to actually use it properly. So like you say, maybe Big Show just got a bit excited and that was, that was a bit of a a lucky break for Lashley that he didn't actually just get Bob Wire to his face. But as you say, with him making such a big deal of it, I just she, yeah, just I don't know, didn't know at any point sit there and go, right, does that not look a bit shit where he's just stuck in, the, stuck in the fence and he's at it for 30 seconds? But then again, this last, this last stretch, I know I said on the last episode about Michaels and Triple H going too long when there were the last two guys in there. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what you're going to say. But, but yeah, this is... They, they've, they've definitely gone the opposite way with this. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Um, so Lashley um, throws Big Show into the pod. At this point, um, it just looks like a sheet of plastic. Um, Big Show is busted open from being thrown into the, the steel as well. And... Um, he slowly stands up, pushes the uh, the other side of the pod out with his shoulder, which just makes it look ridiculous. Uh, Heyman is so good at, at ringside, um, screaming when Lashley was on top, um, saying, my God, run for your life. And now Big Show is on top. He's the exact opposite, like telling him to kill kill Lashley. Um, he, so, so good as a, um, as, as a wrestling character and a mind outside of the ring. Um, Big Show goes for a choke slam, gets reversed into a DDT. There's a bit of to and froing with Big Show trying to to punch Lashley, uh, with him ducking and weaving and managing to catch him every time. Um, Big Show puts him up for the running power slam, which Lashley was using as his finisher at this point. Um, Lashley manages, manages to wriggle free, bounces off the ropes, hits a spear, and that's the three. It's 
it didn't feel like a definitive enough ending to an Elimination Chamber match, never mind the sort of crowning achievement for Bobby Lashley here. No, it does, it does feel rushed. I'm not sure whether Big Show's just absolutely gassed at this point. Yeah, there's a and got, possibility. And they've just gone, right, we'll just, we'll just end it or what's happened there. But as I say, I know I complained about Triple H and Shawn Michaels going for 10 minutes. I would, and while they're not, their wrestling isn't the greatest thing in the world with Lashley and Big Show, I'd at least like to see them use some of these weapons a bit more. Yeah, definitely. So Lashley wins the title, Heyman looks dejected, and um, Lashley leaves the ring to go to the stage, and there's a shitload of pyro, something that you would not have seen in ECW back in the day. So it's very much WWE light, as we've mentioned. Um, what were your thoughts on this one then, Chris? Right. See, I, I, for, all the, for all the flaws we've, we've picked in it, I actually quite enjoyed this this match, as I say. I'm not sure whether I was coming out from such a low bar with our previous CW experiences and obviously the reputation of this business member. But I, th- I thought it was, it was a fun enough match. It's not going to change the world. It's not going to be remembered as the epitome of Elimination Chamber matches. But a lot of the spots were really good. I'd say Test nearly crushing RVD's head. Yeah, that was <laughs> absolutely brilliant. And then RVD's head skids smashed through the chair by CM Punk. Again, <laughs> a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of shots with RVD's head. But yeah, I, the weapons I could have done were being used a bit more. And the ending was far, far too quick. As I say, it didn't, it didn't feel like a proper ending. But as, as a match that I could perfectly happily got distracted by for half hour or whatever it Woods they actually ran for from bell to bell. Twenty four minutes fine. it was. Twenty four minutes. So that means that there was only four minutes after the um, after everyone had come out. So the last set stretch was four minutes long. Right. Okay. Yeah. It feels felt even quicker than that. To be honest. Yeah, it but, did. but as I say, for for the bell to bell, if I'd have got if I'd have seen that live, I'd have gone. Yeah, actually, I quite enjoyed that. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, as you say, I wasn't bored at any point. It was There were some really nice spots. The test one was, I, I've seen this match a few times, but I still like seeing that makes me sort of sit up straight because it's, uh, it's a hell of a, um, a hell of a spot. But there's some weird booking with having Van Damme and, uh, and Punk eliminated so quickly after each other when the crowd were incredibly hot. Now, the, the rumours are that Lash, um, Heyman, wanted Punk to win and it was Vince's decision to, to push Lashley here, um, which sort of makes sense. Um, but yeah, it, it just felt weird to have the sort of the two guys that the crowd was so into go immediately. Um, the other thing, if you've got a table in a match and you've pre- presented it as a weapon, someone needs to go through a table. Yeah, even just, even just set up in the corner. Yeah. Have someone go for it. Have the spear, have time, the spear through time... the table instead of um, just a normal spear. Yeah, because by the time obviously we get Lashley come out, we've lost CM Punk and RVD. So we've lost the people who actually could do the athletic stuff or acrobatic stuff to actually make it look good crashing for it. So just have, have one of them set up in the corner. Just go for it. Not not difficult. Easy. Just, just using some way other than 
some a chain, a steel breaking yeah. weapon, which is because uh, yeah. everyone knows that wood smashes metal to pieces. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, everyone knows that. Um, what are you giving this one as a star rating, then, Chris? See, I'm giving this a very, very capable three and a half out of five. Because as I say, and as you said, I wasn't bored at any point. I thought some of the spots were really good. And for just a genuinely fun match, then, yeah, I think I think three and a half is fair. If I'd have seen that, I wouldn't be chanting for my money back like everyone there. <laughs> okay. I'd have been like... I'd have, but then, I'd have but then you... Had- you haven't sat through a, a show with the other matches that we discussed to be fair. No, true. <laughs> and to be fair, you can't have a chance going, this is perfectly reasonable. I'm quite, ha- <laughs> I'm quite happy with the amount. Yeah, I'm quite happy with the amount of money I've paid to watch this event. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, I'm giving this one three stars. Uh, Dave Meltzer, two and a half stars. The the rest of the matches were um, were given very harsh ratings of, well, very low ratings. I don't know if they were harsh, but um, yeah, Dave Meltzer was not a fan of the rest of the show. I'll follow us on Instagram and Twitter at SelectMatchPod if you want to get involved. Gave this one two and a half stars, so a little bit lower than us, but not too much different. Um, up next for uh, what happens um, in terms of the ECW title then. So Big Show um, has his rematch with Bobby Lashley. He he ends up losing and then officially retires, although he would come back um, on and off um for, for for various bits so he's back in 2008 but it, it's never really as a full-time competitor ever again um what happens then of course so bobby lashley builds into probably something he looks back on with regret now as he teams with donald trump in the battle of the billionaires i wonder if he does look i wonder if he does look back on it badly or non-fondly I don't know because there's a lot. There's a, there's a lot of wrestlers who are Republicans. There is. I don't know. I don't know what 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 way Bobby Lashley's political leanings are. No, fair enough. Um, I'm sure Vince McMahon doesn't regret having uh, Trump appear at WrestleMania. I just, yeah, um, it would be interesting to know how Lashley feels about it now. Um, I, I quite enjoyed actually the feud that he had with Umaga. Um, just like two absolute monsters going at it. Um, it does, of course, end up with um, Vince McMahon teaming with Umaga and Shane to take on Bobby Lashley and Vince McMahon winning the ECW title, which was pretty much the death nail for ECW uh, and its reincarnated form, I would say. Yeah, I think. We all knew. We all knew it was, it was going to end end this way. It was going to yeah. get buried. Well, I didn't expect it to end with Vince in a do rag. To be honest, <laughs> God no. Yeah, well, I don't. I don't think anyone. Could, I don't think anyone could have. Uh, anyone could have seen that coming. No. Um, so the the big story after this one. So twenty four hours after the event, because it was so widely slammed and got such a low buy rate, uh, Vince McMahon gets rid of Paul Heyman and basically passes the. The, the booking away. So Heyman would disappear until obviously coming back with Lesnar further down the line and being more of an on-screen character than an off-screen booker. Um, on the back of that, Stevie Richards and Tommy Dreamer and a few other of the ECW original guys asked to be released. Um, John Laurinaitis, who was tel- head of talent relations at the time, refused and they 
never really recovered. Um, ECW would carry on as a, a, a separate brand. Um, it would be more and more watered down as, as time would tick on um, all the way through to 2010 when NXT became the third brand as opposed to ECW, which is in some ways a, a better fit for WWE. I, I do wish that ECW had been successful as a reincarnation, but I don't think this version of it was ever going to be successful. I don't know if that's... It was, it was always... The, pro, the problem is, as soon as WWE moved away from the Attitude Era stuff anyway, yeah. and went for the more PG stuff, you're never going to have... They're never going to f- fully commit to what made ECW, ECW in the first place. So no, you're but never they, gonna... they, they sort of did to start with because it was on sci-fi. So it was a bit more... Um, they could be a bit more sort of adult with the content. And you had like Sabu putting through t- uh, people through tables all the time and, and that sort of thing. Yeah, but, but they're, they're, all, they're always pushing for that wide because wide stream appeal because yeah. the more people you get on board, the more cash you make. Fair so enough. it was always going to end up with this way where they wore, where it ended up watered down. But And to be fair, what the kind of stuff that Vince thinks of as edgy, I mean, Christ, we've seen enough WWE storylines to know that juvenile humour and some of the stuff that while we love it you can't get away with that and go it's, it's not exactly the wire or the shield it's <laughs> not good. you can't use that and go oh that's, this is our edgy our edgy brand and here's a fart joke yeah <laughs> I love a fart joke but I also love a bit of um, violence in my wrestling which probably makes me a horrendous person as we've discussed uh, earlier but anyway um, any closing thoughts then on December to dismember Chris I, I knew that this. I say I enjoyed. I enjoyed this one more than I thought. But I do believe that that was probably due to the fact that all all of these competitors had a WWE career off of ECW, especially yeah. with Lashley in the Big Show and Holly, and so at some point I'll probably see another ECW match, which is back in the day before we uh, we ended up with the WWE interference. And I'll judge ECW on that, and that alone, because this one was actually more ECWWE, I yeah. guess. That's a, that's a great way to end. ECWWE, very nice. Okay, well, thanks as always for listening. Thanks very much, Chris. Thanks for having me, Sam. Pleasure as always. And speak to you next time.